Hey everyone, why don't you come on down? It's Point Break Minute, don't be a clown. We point out the moments and break down the minutes, so climb on board to the Point Break! Thanks for tuning in to Point Break Minute, where we point out the moments and break down those minutes of Point Break, one minute at a time. I'm snuggling in right here as your host, Marin Kennedy, and here's the other host, <laughs> Jessa Lowe. Thanks, Marin. You can introduce yourself if you want. That's okay. okay you did I guess it. I just did it. Yeah. The train came, the train had left the station, yeah. and I already decided, the, the sentence already left my mouth before yeah. I thought about our usual format. Format isn't my strong suit. No. Even though we've been doing it 122 times. Yeah, it's, it's, nothing was ever set in stone. That's okay. You know, rule's just right. No rule's just right. That's the one constant. Yeah. That's what I've always said. So this is minute 120. We hit the two-hour mark. Whew. <laughs> yeah, it was like climbing up a really big hill. Yeah. And we're almost at the top. Yeah. Then we have to climb back down again. Damn it. Or no, we're going to be, we're going to just uh, parasail right or off. surf. That. We're gonna just surf down the mountain. We're gonna surf down the mountain. Yep. Like it could you I mean, I guess it would be more appropriate to use like a mountain board. Like we're in a triple X movie. Are there mountain boards? I think in I think in triple X in the third triple X he skis down a mountain. He like he uses like snow skis to go down like a dirt mountain. Cool. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> that's the word for it. He yeah. is cool. He's an extreme sports athlete. Who's who is triple X? Vin Diesel. Not Ice except, Cube? Except in the second one where it's Ice Cube. Okay. <laughs> cool. I don't remember his name. He has some stupid action know. movie name. Dirk Square Jaw, probably. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. This is not Triple X. This is Point Break. It's minute 120. We're in the credits. We're deep in it now. Yeah. All credits from min- the second one to second 60. So we heard the beginning in minute 119 of this rat song. We did. The this the opening strains of Nobody Rides for Free by Rat had started and kind of ruined the mood, we decided. Yeah. Fuck you, Rat. You ruined our mood. I can see so here I've in the past I've uh, had my, we can bring back a segment of uh what are the lyrics to this song and that's happening in the movie? Yeah. Uh this song that another yet another song in this movie soundtrack that I've never heard of outside no. of this movie. Uh Nobody Rides for Free by Rat. Here we go. In my dreams, I see I'm on TV. Get back exactly who I want to be. If she could really see herself in my eyes, this wouldn't be such a big surprise. I'm sick and tired of getting in my way. I'm sick and tired of everything I seem I know. What? That seems grammatically, uh... (laughs) I don't quite understand what that sentence means. Anyway... Nobody rides for free. Nobody rides for free. This is taking a very. Uh, I'm, I, I just yeah, went out with full Shatner. Shatner. Yeah. yeah, that's the way to do it. If you're going to read lyrics yeah. without singing, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Don't stop to think, because I know where I stand. I'm on my way. No, you're not going to change my plan. If you can break away and see what I say, you'll understand what I'm trying to be. Nobody rides for free. I think this is referring, I mean, these are like nonsensical rock music lyrics. They don't, you know, it's it's just words. 
yeah. um, mostly. I mean, you could try to interpret it, but there's not much there. Basically, the, the title "Nobody Rides for Free." I just I just uh, attach it to the uh, to to take the ultimate ride. You got to pay the ultimate price. Yeah. Also, I just want to point out that there's these lyrics. Now the world's at stake. The card was drawn. You thought he could swim, but I guess you were wrong. Oh yeah, we should have got. We should just do the whole thing. You sink to the depths of your misery. Baby, the past will set you free. That really ties in. Yeah, but it it's just stupid. It is stupid. It's not a good song. No, and didn't they? The original was written by somebody else, and Rat changed the lyrics. So nice job, Rat. Yeah, I mean, this was commissioned for the movie. No, but the song the song was written before the movie. Yes, but like their version of it was like, "Hey, Rat, we want you to do this song yeah. for Point Break." Yeah, but it was a song that already existed. Yes, uh, Steve Caton wrote it, and I don't know who he is really. He's just like a songwriter. Oh. And then they they did a cover of it uh, yeah. and changed some things about it, I guess. But uh, Rat, um, you can do a little bit about Rat. <laughs> yeah, since, uh, tell us about Rat, Marin. We have uh, just credits to talk about here. Uh, American heavy metal band, uh, success, you know, went, went around in the eighties. I would, I would say I, I'd like to categorize this as butt rock what, what or maybe hair metal. It's kind of, it's kind of between the two. What's butt rock? I guess it's like, um, I know, like Guns N' Roses, I think is, is butt rock. Like what makes it butt? Because they shake their butts a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I think a spandex is usually involved, which comes from yeah. hair metal, like uh-huh. Van Halen, like all those sort of hair metal yeah. bands would wear tight clothing, tight spandex, usually neon colors. And these guys, if you watch some of their music videos, are doing that. But it's a little bit, it's just a few years after the heyday of hair metal. And it's sort of it's sort of halfway between that and grunge almost. Or maybe like... Nowhere near grunge to me. Maybe not halfway, but I feel like it's like maybe just past hair metal. You can see that grunge is going to maybe happen in a few years. Maybe. Although it is very, it's almost opposite, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to just explain. It. It's like it's hair metal, but like a little bit. It's it's just removed a little bit from hair metal. Yeah. to being oh, something great. just slightly too. It's more like, like hair, hair metal is hair metal is noon, and and this is like one thirty. Yeah, would you say it's more like Motley Crue? E. Sure, I don't. I'm not too familiar with Mot- M- Motley Crue. Yeah, what are, what are they? Mo- is it Motley Crue? I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard it. Motley it's one Crue. of those words I've never. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard it said out loud. I think it, if it has the umlaut, the o would be uh. Yeah, Motley. Yeah. Crue and you. Is it the is the is the second umlaut over the u or the e? It'd be like Crewy. Crewy. I think it's cr- over the e. It must be over the u. Oh wait. What, how is is that how it's spelled? Because that's not even the right way to spell crew. It's there. It's right there. Yeah. So that is it. C R U E. Yeah. Crew. The world's most notorious rock band. Notorious Motley Crew. Uh, I would disagree. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're. I know about their name. I feel like is the most distinctive part of them. I don't. I couldn't yeah. name a song. Yeah. Um. This is Rat. Uh. They they definitely I feel like butts are involved. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here for all the butts. Yeah, um, I know. You know, this guy. I don't know the music video. He didn't really come across as like that appealing. He okay. Let me just break down this music video for you. 
There is there is a music video themed from Point Break with clips from the movie in it, yeah. which is what you hope for. What, yeah, definitely what you hope for. It looks like they're trying to stage their own Coachella on like a rocky beach, and they have like giant tent like fabrics fluttering in the wind, and like torches, and. The band's all rocking out, except for the lead singer looks like he's trying to be like Bruce Springsteen with zero energy and just looks like an absolute fucking asshole. And like... That's what, when we were watching it, Jessica was just like, what a fucking asshole. (laughs) He looks so stupid. Like you didn't even have a clever insult. No. Just just straight up. (laughs) He just looks like an asshole. And he's just like, kind of like... I mean, obviously, it's all, like, lip-synced, and, like, they obviously have their, like, electric guitars on the beach not plugged in into anything. So, the recording of this must have looked pretty damn stupid. Just, like, guys <laughs> being, like, ding, ding, ding on their electric guitars and, like, mouthing along. It's ripe for a, a no no sound effects music yeah. video treatment. Yes, which I love. Like, the, the dancing in the street. Yeah. Or the... The, uh, I get around. Yeah, the, yeah which is the best thing. Ever. That's the best thing. Yeah, yeah. the like offbeat clapping. Yeah, but still lines up to the video somehow. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then we found another music video by them, which is the typical: these crazy rockers are going to disrupt the prim and proper party. Yeah, it starts out with these like stuffy people, and they're in the attic, like an like an infestation of rats, if you will, <gasps> oh. rocking out and disturbing. They the They are party. like an infestation of rats. Yeah, apparently their uh, their latest album is actually called Infestation, which was released in guess guess what year it was released in. Actually, you can read it, can't you? Well, just looking over here, I'm gonna guess twenty eleven. 2010. 2010. You overshot it, so you don't win the prices yeah, right, don't. but very close. Jeez Louise. Um, anything else you want to say about Rat? I remember reading something. I'm trying to find it. They were also called Crystal Pistol, but Pistol spelled silly. <laughs> Crystal Pistol. It's, it's one that you'd think, like, oh, that's kind of clever, but it sounds terrible like, when you say yeah. it out loud. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's about all I have to say about Rat. I mean, they yeah, they started in uh, 77, uh, formed under the name Mickey Rat. I think they made the right choices. Yeah. Uh, we were, I remember looking, we were talking about L.A. Guns mm-hmm. uh, before, and uh, the front man of L.A. Guns is named Jizzy Pearl, and they're Ooh. they're an associated act. Oh, um, that's, that is awful. Yeah. That is just awful. I was watching a video of, like, clams or whatever the fuck pearls come from being opened today and, like, pearls being extracted. I thought I was going to throw up. And Jizzy Pearl really sums up watching clams be ripped apart to find pearls. Yeah, it's it's pretty on the nose. I hate it. Yeah, I understand your hatred. Yeah. It's not good. Uh, I was going to say that they're, uh, yeah, um... At one point, there were members, former members of L.A. Guns, uh, Jizzy Pearl, and uh, Motley Crue um, involved in the band at one point. Oh, so, associated there you acts. go. There you go. That was, yeah, that's the last I have to say about that. 
So we can go over some of these credits. Uh, there's a lot, and we're not going to list them all, but um, we do see uh, makeup artists mm-hmm. and hairstylist credit, and that's... Uh... Yeah, West Dawn and Greg LaCava. Um, I will say that they don't have the makeup artists listed by like key makeup artists and then the other makeup artists, which, you know, whatever. Um and let's see yeah what is what is greg gregory la cava um he has 31 credits for makeup department so good for him um, His latest was the west wing yeah it's a far cry from this he did gremlins he did do gremlins um he did did i just see escape from alcatraz no alcatraz a lot of stuff i haven't heard of yeah, not a lot of big movies. He did Point Break. He did Gremlins. He did a lot of TV shows. He did a lot of TV. He did Columbo, Melrose Place. Um, yeah, other than that, but we also have Wes Dawn, who uh, we talk about, actually, in an upcoming well, yeah, we'll episode. Yeah, we'll talk about him then in a later episode. Yeah. Um, More to say about him later. It, it is surprising, though, that they only list two makeup artists. Um, Would there usually be more on a movie, you think? I would think so, but maybe not. I mean, it's not like there's so many particularly crazy makeup looks here. Um, There are some special effects, but nothing wild. Uh, The the film that I worked on as makeup artist, we had four or five of us. Wow, and that was a much lower budget, you know, smaller production. Unbelievably low budget. Um, Don't look it up. But um, not even give it the credit of a shout out. Not at all. Not at all. You can look it up and you can find me on IMDb <laughs> with it. Um, there you go. Yeah. Is that, is that one? You have one credit? Yeah. At this point? Yeah. Um, which I didn't even know they put some somebody put me on. IMDb yeah, they'll for do it. it. It's freaking weird because it's not even come out yet. Weird. That was three years ago. So there you go. Takes a while sometimes. Yeah. At least to, at least yeah. To I mean, get I produced. I don't really want to see it, but yeah. there you go. There you go. We also see uh, Paul Abascal, uh, who is the hairstylist. Yeah, I think I believe he's the lead hairstylist because they have hairstylists and additional hairstylists. Oh, they do have additional. Yes, Dino Gonziano. Gonziano. That maybe I'm a little more surprised because the. Bodie's hair, I mean, you need a wrangler for Bodie's hair just on its own. And then the whole crew of weird haircuts, like Zigzag and Emo Guy, they all have really crazy hair. They do. There's a lot of hair in this movie. There's a lot of hair, so I'm shocked. And John and Utah has like several hairstyle yeah. changes, I feel like. Yeah. And he has and he has a lot of hair going on. It kinda it swoops all over the place. And you've got the Lori petty looks like she stuck her finger in electrical socket hair like there's a lot of hair going on i'm shocked but marin what's paul abascal famous for man he's got some great credits we got predator 2 these are the top four imdb credits predator 2 demolition man judge dread and die hard yes so many good movies he doesn't have and then he, he became a tv director later on as well um uh, a TV series called My Crazy Sex. On an episode called Kinky Cowboy. I don't want to look that up. <laughs> uh, mostly like minor TV stuff that he directed, but he did a lot of good makeup stuff. Uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Lethal Weapon. Pretty in Pink. Action Jackson. 
Roadhouse. Roadhouse. He was key hairstylist for Roadhouse, so he's wrangled that that Swayze mane a few times. Whoa. So this Wait, guy, go up, go up. Die Hard 2, Lethal Weapon 2. Last Boy Scout? He, yeah, Lethal Weapon 3. Yeah, we said Demolition Man. Angels in the fucking outfield? And that's like you're most, you're most excited about that. I <laughs> had to get uh, Christopher Lloyd's hair oh, under uh, in check there. Man. I don't remember anyone else who's in that movie. Um, Baby Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, really? Yeah. He's the kid in that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Actually, I'm not 100% sure. Now we have to find out. Uh, oh, Danny Glover's in this. Brenda Fricker, Tony Danza, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There he is. Yeah, you're right. Good memory. So, yeah, he's worked on a lot of good stuff. And we also got uh, assistant uh, additional hairstylist Dino Gonziano, who worked on oh, Anaconda, sweet. Enemy of the State, The Hunt for Red October, Courage Under Fire. Those are his top he has four. 38 credits, including an act- some acting credits. He has one acting credit in The Fixer TV movie he as played, Doorman. Yeah. That, that's a, oh, uh, we need a guy to be the doorman. Uh, hey, you, come over here. Exactly. That's that's one of those. Um, He, but... Varsity Blues, oh, Pearl Harbor, Training Day. Sweet. I mean, Anaconda, yeah. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa. He he's works with Mr. John Voight quite frequently. Oh, he, he was Mr. Vo- Mr. Voight's ha- personal hairstylist on uh, many of these um, Mr. Voight one, movies. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven... <laughs> yeah, I guess they were buddies. Wow. I've seen that before. Boy's like, no, only Dino can touch this hair. I mean, I've seen that before. I, I can't, I don't know. Is that a John Voight voice? I can't remember what he sounds like. I don't like. remember what he sounds he like He just either. sounds kind of normal, except in Anaconda when he sounds crazy. Yeah, he's that weird accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, may I just say this is that the Suspiria ad is up on um, our IMDb right now. I really like the design for the ad. It's a very good design. It's really good. Apparently, it, it's on Prime Video right now. Yeah, and that's what I think we should watch like tonight. I'm not up for that tonight. Okay. It's also a three-hour movie. Oh wait, what? So uh, ew, why? Because I don't know. Okay, I'm just gonna say this. I mean, this... I, 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 okay. Before you say that. I, I I often turn to the I believe Roger Ebert quote of no good movie is too long and no bad movie is too short. I feel like criticizing a movie for running time is a cop out. But go ahead. After I've I've just yeah. undermined your argument. No, you haven't because there's what I was going to say. Suspiria is the original Suspiria to me isn't that great of a movie. It's not, and there's also no plot. Yeah, and people fucking love it. And I don't get it. I think they love it for the aesthetic, which I understand, but it's not Ish. enough. It's not enough for me to to really call it a good no, movie. No, me either. I don't... But it's an interesting concept, and I, I, I'm curious to see the remake. Yeah. I mean, that was a that was a a tangent in a half. Tangent for for the times for the for a lifetime. Anyway, uh, yeah, those are the the credits we wanted to point out. Um, there's not much else really to. Uh... Let's find out what the production accountants were up to. <laughs> I mean, it could be really interesting. You never know. Could be. We got the drivers. Oh, we do. Uh, we do have the um, uh, stunt stunt people in this minute. So we see uh, stunt coordinator Glenn Wilder, and then the main stunt guys are Scott Wilder, Glenn's son, and Pat Banta. We talked about the Wilders before, yeah. but I don't think we really mentioned Pat Banta as much. He is Keanu Reeves' stunt double in this movie. Sweet. And he has some interesting credits. He he uh, was a double for Roger Moore in the later, uh, starting with for, for Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, and A View to a Kill. Uh, he was on Shipwrecked, uh, 
a lot of other stuff. He's, he's in a-, a couple things being Jim Carrey and Pierce Brosnan's. Oh, yeah. He said we wanted to do more Bond. Uh, the Truman Show, Mystery Men, uh, for uh, Paul Rubens and Mystery Men, for Jim Carrey. Me, and myself, uh, Irene. Yeah, so he's... I'm trying to imagine what this guy looks like. You could... Well, you could click the picture. The, oh, weird. Yeah. There's a, there's a picture of him uh, uh, as uh, doubling for... Uh, he must be doubling for Harrison Ford in this. Oh, you think? And it's for... Uh, <laughs> Well, he, because this is a this is a much newer movie, so he would have he wouldn't be shot. There's Click a, Colin Fallenweider. This is for uh, okay, yeah, that's right. him. This is for uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So I think he is doing Harrison Ford, and uh, the other guy's doing Shia Weird. LaBeouf. Weird. He looks a lot like Harrison Ford. Yeah, I'm sure that's makeup too. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's Pat Banta, and uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of stunt stunts in this movie. Cool. They, they they did them well, even though they uh, sometimes the faces showed up a little more than you'd like. Yeah, that's always tough to sort of you know what it, are you gonna do? Well, and people aren't usually dissecting it minute by minute like yeah. we are. And then I guess sort of Keanu Reeves, along with Tom Cruise, kind of became they became known as like sort of two people who started doing more and more of their own stuff. They would do mm. their own action. Mm. Good for Keanu Reeves. Tom Cruise more like the crazy person i'm gonna jump off this thing action and keanu reeves more like the i'm just gonna learn how to like do the gun stuff so i can do it myself sort of like a more of a low-key grounded type of uh type of action that he does i feel like keanu reeves is just better he's 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 one you'd want to hang out with he's one like i would want to be really good friends with as long as he's not a downer yeah yeah i hope he's not me too He's had a tragic life, as we've discussed, but I yeah. think he's come out at you know, you know, a better person, yeah. very grounded, we sort of chill talk person. Puppies and Point Break. I'm sure he would love to talk about puppies. Yeah, he he has to love dogs in real life, right? One would hope. Because the whole John Wick thing. Well, if you don't love dogs, then fuck you. <laughs> Must love dogs. That's yeah. what I always say. You gotta love animals. Starring John Cusack, I think, or maybe Owen Wilson. Oh, it's like Molly Shannon, right? I don't know. I, I, there's also Marley and me. I think I might be confusing the two. Marley and me, I think, is one of Owen Wilson. That's Owen Wilson. Yeah. Marley must love Marley and me. Anything, That's what I always say. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about this this uh, very action-packed minute? I think I'm good. Are you? I'm good. Are we going to do recommendations? We are going to do recommendations. Oh. You're darn tootin'. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> do you have one, or do you need to think? I need to think. All right. Well, I am going to recommend. I'm going to recommend the New World. What's that? It's a movie with Colin Farrell, my best boy. Mm. Uh, it's a Terrence Malick film, uh, which is the Pocahontas story. It's just the Pocahontas story, but told in an adult way. Wait, I didn't know it was Terrence ha- Malick. Yeah, it's Terrence Malick. Oh, the the uh, the slow, beautiful master himself. Mm. This movie uh, is very slow, very long, very pretty. Uh, and it's very straightforward, I feel like, in a way. It's just like, this is the story, as we know it. It's, I think it, I never saw, I mean, I mean of course we're familiar with the Disney Pocahontas, which is a very romanticized. Yes. There's a talking raccoon. Yes. The wind, 
there's always the wind, there's, the colors. There's that, like, there's just, her grandmother turns into a tree. Grandmother tree. There's all that stuff. We love it. Um, and then it kind of ends. I, I forget how it ends. Does it end with her just, like, ending up with John Smith? Yeah, and I think there's a Pocahontas 2 where po- she goes to... Uh, she goes to England. Yeah. So that is... that's This story is Pocahontas 1 and 2, which is the whole story. Oh. Um, I don't, I've never seen Pocahontas 2, so I don't know how that handles it. But basically... It's that story, and it's told very in a very straightforward manner. And I have to say, that this movie, like a lot of slow movies, it takes a while to sort of tune your mind to it. You have to kind of have to detune yeah. your mind. But I feel like in this world with all this, you know, instant media, anyone would have to do that. That's kind of where we're at now. Yeah. But I think it's a good practice too. You know, just like slow down every now and then. If you need to meditate, put on some Terrence Malick. Yeah, Watch it's, it's meditative. Sure. <laughs> have you seen that? No. After? I. I mean, we can imagine it's slow because of Nicholas Winding Refn. Oh, I thought it was uh, Terrence Malick. I think, yeah, Valhalla Rising is the one with Mads Mikkels- yeah. Mikkelsen with the one eye. Yeah. He always has eye stuff. Yeah. He's always missing an eye. Maybe he just, that's Nicholas that's Winding Refn. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was expecting, I guess I was expecting this movie based kind of on The Thin Red Line which is another Terrence Malick movie about war. I was expecting it to sort of focus on that more, about like the, the conflict between the white uh, settlers and the Indian, the mm-hmm. Native Americans, Jesus Christ. Um, and it, that's a very small part of it. I was surprised by how much this focused on, and it was just like a love story. It was just like a love triangle between Pocahontas Weird. and John Smith and John Rolfe. Weird. And that's it. It's just kind of like, that's the story, and so, here it is, and it's told beautifully. And I have to, uh, I have to say, I respected this movie... At the end, um, sort of after I'd like sort of taken it all in, it had it respected every character's point of view in a really nice way, mm. which surprised me um, because it would be so easy for this movie to become like a oh the we must defeat the evil white man the white mm-hmm. devils yeah or it could go the other way which would be even worse <laughs> but that would be just gross um, but it just like it tells it very straightforward way kind of in the way that uh, Catherine Bigelow has done with some of her films like Zero Dark Thirty. Where it's just like this is the story, we're not going to comment. Yeah. Not going to comment on it. Yeah, it's up for it's up to you to comment on this and fi- figure out your own perspective on the events. And it's yeah. it's a weird choice to to make for this kind of story, but I, I appreciate it. Yeah, and it sort of made, it, it gives you more to chew on. Now, what's the most exciting part of this movie? The most exciting part? It's Jonathan Price, right? Jonathan Price is in it for like two seconds, and he doesn't have any lines. Wait, what? Why not? <laughs> I imagine I I know in the Thidren line, um, which there was originally like a five hour cut, and there's like John Travolta's in it, all these crazy, you know, really? Martin Sheen. I, I think it's Martin Sheen was in the Thidren line, and his entire role was cut. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. I'm pretty sure I'm remembering that right. And John Travolta's in it for like a minute. What? Now I want to see this. It's a good movie. It's a very good movie. Um. I mean, you won't see Martin Sheen in it, and you'll but barely I, see John Travolta. But. I mean, a couple seconds worth of John Travolta is probably worth a movie. Probably. It's a good movie. You get you get a lot of Sean Penn and a lot of Jim Caviezel. I don't really know him. And a lot, you do get a lot of Nick Nolte. A lot of Nick Nolte. I honestly don't know enough about those three actors to have any opinion. Well, you, you know Nick Nolte is going to be He's gravelly. Rough. Yeah. He has the... the, the Probably the most smoker smoker's voice of all smoker's yeah. voices. He's kind of like Busey Light. Or Busey, is Busey Nick Nolte Light? 
Busey's like off-brand Nick Nolte. Like the Nick Nolte that was made like in a weird factory that's like the vowels are wrong and like nothing's quite right. <laughs> that seems right. I mean, yeah. yeah, because Nick Nolte is more of a leading man. Yeah. Because Gary Busey's always like the weird character actor. Yeah. And he doesn't have the smoker's voice, but he's just stranger. Yeah. Nick Nolte is like, he's more of a straightforward actor, but he has a crazy smoker's voice. Yeah. It, for some reason, it just reminds me of like, I saw this thing that was like, the Samp Sands instead of the Simpsons. It was Mudge <laughs> instead of Marge. And it said, don't have cow. <laughs> and Don't have cow. <laughs> and other things. And it was funny. And Larsa plays the clarinet. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. That's, that's what Busey, that to the Simpsons is what Busey is to Nick Nolte. There we go. That's the analogy. Yeah. That's written in stone now. Yeah. Anyway, the most exciting part is unfortunately not Jonathan Price. Damn it. No, we, we can't. This is a movie that will fall under the purview of The Price is Right. Yeah. Or The is Price is Fright. The Price is Fright slash The Price is Right, yeah. which is a thing that we discuss in oh. a few episodes from now. Okay. Oops. Uh, we've, recording out of order. The joys of that. Uh, but I'd say the most exciting part was um, toward the end, it just it surprised me how uh, I didn't really know the full story since I hadn't seen the second Disney Pocahontas movie. Yeah, come on, Marin. And uh, it surprised me how it just sort of went that way. It did not romanticize. It's a romantic story, but it didn't romanticize it in any way. It was just sort of it felt like a very straightforward telling of it mm-hmm. um, from, you know, probably it's still historical fiction, but it was told without any, you know, garish Songs. garish flourishes or anything mm-hmm. is um and i thought it was uh, just lovely filmography um uh you what's the guy's name the becky Luz becky is a, a cinematographer really you know one of the better ones out there uh james horner does the score it's a nice simple score um and the score is used in a way that really like it tells you straight up like this is going to be a mood piece and we're not going to tell you the score isn't going to tell you how to feel really mm-hmm. it's just going to be there to sort of represent how the characters are maybe feeling but it's not going to tell you how to feel about the story mm-hmm. so I, I really appreciated this movie i thought it was really great uh colin farrell is good in it uh, he's you know well cast um Corianka kilcher i want to say i don't know how to pronounce her name she plays pocahontas she's kind of like she was like an unknown who is cast in this role. Um, and then uh, Christian Bale. What? Christian Bale's in this. He plays John Rolfe. Weird. And uh, in the same year that Batman Begins came out, he was in this movie, which is weird, weird. to think about. And it was interesting to see him. Uh, I'm going to try not to give away too much away, but he plays just like a normal man, <laughs> which is weird to think about because Christian Bale, I feel like. is cuckoo bananas. He's cuckoo. And it's weird to see him play like he's just a guy. Yeah. This um, is this is back when they were still trying to make him a leading man. Yeah, he's not the lead in this though. Colin Farrell's more the lead. I know, but like still like trying to make him like passable as a human. Yeah, but I think he does a good job in this. I really appreciated his performance as normal man. Oh, good. I mean, you know, I, I liked it. It's good. Anyway, that's enough about the New World. I, I really recommend it. Really good movie. Sweet. Um, I'm gonna recommend the HBO uh, miniseries Angels in America. Um, yeah, I really loved it. Uh, I studied it in college, um, in a college class, uh, both the script and the HBO series. And it's great. I love the story. Um, it's kind of like the quintessential, like scenes from it are the quintessential, like college acting scenes too. Um, I really love Al Pacino as Roy Cohn. It's to me a very inspiring performance and, 
it makes me want to play Roy Cohn as a woman. It's such a great role, and he was great at it. He's so good. (laughs) On some podcasts, they were talking about how, like, it should be... It, it's a sign that you're a good person if Tom Hanks plays you in a movie. Yeah. And it's the, op- the opposite case is true if Al Pacino plays <laughs> you in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah. And it's he has this great line delivery to Meryl Streep. Oh, Meryl Streep's in it, too. She's amazing. It's a really good cast. It's, it's really, so good. It's Mar- great. Uh, Mary Louise Parker's in it. Um, Patrick Wilson's in it. Like, there's so many moments, too, of this the script it, i i read it and studied it at just the right time in my life and it it was so impactful to me um mm-hmm. i just i i love it um i i love the stories that are intertwining and not i love the surrealism to it um i i really like the the playwright a lot um is it john patrick shanley yeah. Uh, no. no, Tony Kushner. Tony Kushner. Um, same class. I studied the plays of uh, John Patrick Shanley. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, I like better, but Tony Kushner is great, too. Um, yeah, Meryl Streep. He's, uh, there's this one really great scene where Al Pacino's talking to Meryl Streep, and he, go, and he goes in his typical, like, weird, like, he yeah, emphasizes weird words. Ethel. Oh, yeah, Ethel. And he goes, I am not afraid of you and i love it such a great delivery i love it and i feel like i quote that pretty often um yeah give it a watch like you have a lot of a lot of uh there are a lot of times in your life where that that applies i feel like i just say it sometimes like you know how you use songs in your head and you just kind of like sing it yeah i feel like i just kind of say it like whenever you see a, a, a scary bug you should say that to it that's what i should say to my phobia there you go yeah. We just did a little bit of, a little. we worked some stuff out. We did work some stuff out. Yeah. We've already talked about it. I mean, I'm I'm going through treatment for a, a very profound phobia. Have, have, is this canon on our podcast? I think so. Okay. I think we've alluded to it. Um, it's honestly part of the reason why we took a break from recording. Yeah. It got a so, lot of different reasons, but. Um, it got so bad, so I, I'm going to use that. There you go. Yeah. I am not afraid of you. I am not afraid of you. <laughs> Say it together. Yeah. Mantra. Yeah. That's about it for a minute 120. I did. That's it. The point break minute. We're almost done. This is the home stretch, Jessa. Yeah.